Well, we're going to wrap up this series that we've been in called Like Me, Like Me. And um, we've been talking about how to follow Jesus in a selfie-centered world. And I just want to review what we've talked about real quickly. Um, In week one, we talk about contentment. We talk about the more that we compare with others, the less content we become. And this has really spurred on a lot worse since social media. Social media comes around, and we begin to compare ourselves to other people on your Facebook line or Instagram line or timeline. And uh, there's a quote that I read. We compare our behind-the-scenes with other people's highlight reels. We feel like losers because we see the best of their best, and we know the worst of our worst. And we talk about contentment. We talk about not falling into the sin of envy. And we talk about following after Christ. Until Christ is all you have, you'll never recognize that Christ is all you need. And for some of us, we just need to see that we have everything in Christ. And that was week one. Week two, we talk about compassion. We talk about that the rise of social media has actually caused us to care less. For we name several reasons why that happens. Um, you would think with the GoFundMe and all the stuff that that kind of pushed out. Um, but we have actually seen a, a decline in compassion in the last 20, 25 years. And so we say that compassion demands action. You know, to care is not just to like a post. To care is to actually do something about it. To care. God often works through divine interruptions, and we often miss those opportunities to, to serve others. And those divine interruptions, we often miss it because we're too busy doing our own thing. We're too caught up in what's happening everywhere else that we totally miss that divine interruption by God to do something for him and for others. And then week three, we talk about relationship. We said that social media and technology had changed the way we do relationships. Um, And there's some pros and cons, but I challenge everyone to be present and engaging with the people around you. And to do life, you know, not thumb to thumb, but to do life face to face. And so we get caught up in, in our social media world, and we have disconnected with physical or personal interaction with real people. And so we talk about relationship, be present, be engaged. Last week we talked about being real, being real. We said the more filtered our lives become, the more we show others the me that we're putting out there for everyone to see, the less authentic, the less we are becoming less real with other people. So we challenge everyone to connect with people. To connect, be transparent. Be transparent. Connect people with your weaknesses, not always with, with your strength. Be real with others. And speaking of transparency, as we wrap up this series today, we're going to, I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be transparent because as much as I, as I love technology, as much as I love 
all the technology has to offer, because I'm, this is not a sermon series saying that, you know, it's all bad. I'm just, this is a sermon series that's talking about balance. And, and, and yet, in my personal life, sometimes I struggle with this little device right here. I struggle with how much time I put into this. And so today, if we wrap in this message series, we're going to talk about boundaries. We're going to talk about uh, creating boundaries in our lives, how to find rest in our soul. How to find rest for our soul. And so many of us, we're just connected, we're tethered <laughs> to, this, to, to this device. And, uh, and I hope that today we will learn how to untether ourselves, how to be unmastered by the phone, by all that it had to offer so that we can find spiritual rest in our soul. Carrie Newhoff, if you're looking at your handout notes, she's a pastor in Canada. He said this, like money, social media is a great servant, but a horrible master. And to me, that really speaks to me. It's a great servant. There's some positive, but it's a horrible, horrible matter. I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That's where we're going to start today in just a minute. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this letter talking to the Christians in Corinth. Corinth is a, uh, a very busy city, a lot going on in Corinth. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of uh, perversion. There's a lot of sin. Um, happening in Corinth. And, uh, and, and so he wrote this letter to the Christians in Corinth, to the Corinthians, and they were all, some of the Christians, they were, they were caught up in some of the perversion, the sinful action. And so he was explaining that in Christ, we have freedom. There are certain things that we can do, but just because we can do them doesn't mean that we should do them. And so he said this in verse number 12. He said, I have the right to do anything, you say. All right, so Paul said, hey, some of you say, hey, I've got the right. I've got my right to do anything I want. But Paul said, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is good. He said, he said I have the right to do anything, Paul says, but I will not be master by anything. Now, I really believe that the power of Christ in me should be bigger than anything else in my life. And I will not be mastered by an addiction to food. I won't be mastered by an addiction to look at something inappropriate. But to be quite honest, so many times, I really am mastered by this. I'm mastered by this from time to time. Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. And yet so many people are mastered. They're being drawn to. They're addicted. They're a slave. They're compulsively checking. You see, the default mode is when you have nothing to do, it's to reach over, pull this thing up, slide that little button over, and just start 
looking at timelines, start scrolling through, and get caught up, caught up into everybody else's life. But by the way, there's a balance. I'm not saying you can't do that, but the default mode is, this is what we do when we've got nothing to do. And we interrupt our time, whatever we're doing, getting caught up into this. In fact, just to make sure that we're on the same page, I found, uh, did some research and found some ways that you know you might be addicted to social media. And I found five, and I kind of created my little top five list based on what I saw here. So, number five. All right, you know that you're addicted to social media if you think your friend is an alien if he or she does not have a social media account. You're like, man, what's wrong with you? You're not on Facebook? What? I thought everybody was on Facebook. You think your friend is weird if he doesn't have one. Number four, you have made urgent requests on Facebook for your family and friends to send you lives on Candy Crush. <laughs> Number three, you're seriously good at social media stalking. You're good. You go to someone, person, you know, someone you just met and say, hey, I know all about you, buddy. You, you stalk them out before you even met them. Some of you, number two, you know you're addicted to social media if you sleep with your phone like a teddy bear. <laughs> and here's number one. The number one reason why you might be addicted to social media, your pet has its own Instagram page. <laughs> you might be addicted to social media if all the time, you know, all the time, you find yourself looking at your phone rather than talking to the people around you. If it rings or if it bings, if it makes a noise, you just can't help it but to look at it. You've got to know what's going on all the time. In fact, there's a new phobia. And doctors are now dealing with this new phobia to help people. It's a serious problem, and it's called no-mo, no-mo phobia. Not Nemo, all right, that's the fear of Nemo, the clownfish, okay? This is nomophobia. Nomophobia is the fear of not being connected to a mobile device. It's the fear of not being connected to a mobile device. Studies show that 66% of people have extreme anxiety. If they lose connection, if their batteries fail, if they or if they don't have a Wi-Fi signal, you know, or a service at all. You know, some of you might have a certain a phone carrier in this room, and it doesn't work. And if you for, for an hour, you're like, oh, man, I can't check, you know, what's going on. I can't even read my online app, and it's kind of frustrating a little bit. And for some of us, we have extreme anxiety, 66%. But for those who are 18 to 24 years of age, that number jumped to 76%. 76% of people who have anxiety when they're disconnected with their phone, three out of four have a massive fear of not being connected online. Now, when I listen to that, now when I think about that, when I listen to that, I kind of thought, man, that's crazy. 
That's nuts. I mean, who would, who would have this type of anxiety when, when they're disconnected, when their device isn't with them? Who would do that? And then I'm reminded that not so long ago, I left my phone home. And I was at the store. And I realized I didn't have my phone. And I got a little nervous. I thought, man, what if a Karen is trying to call me? What if someone is trying to reach me? What if, what if there's an a, 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 a Instagram post that I need to catch up on? You know, for 30, 40 minutes, you know, I knew I, just had, I, I had to get out of that store. I had to find my phone. And I find myself freaking out. And all of a sudden, I have this extraordinary anxiety. And I was disconnected, but also later on, I'm disheartened at the state of my mind. So why am I that way? Here are some, here's some stats for you, that, you know, that I came across. If you're taking notes, you can write down these stats. They're quite staggering, if you think about it. 58% of people 58% of people don't go one week an hour without checking their phones. 59% of you check email as soon as it comes in. By the way, I got my hand for both of them up. 89% of you check it daily on vacation. 89%. 84% of people believe they couldn't go one day without their phone. Normophobia. Now, let, let's just be honest here. All right? I'm being honest. I mean, say, God, I, I, I struggle with this from time to time. And I, I want you to be honest because, you know, don't lie in church, okay? I, I don't want, <laughs> you know, a lightning mark on your chair here, all right? So no lying. But to me, I struggle with this from time to time. I'm with this, God. All right? All right. So I'm not alone in this play. I struggle from time to time. Some of you might be more than others. And we have this inability to shut down. We have this inability to shut down. And so, so many people, the default is, man, there's nothing going on right now. I'm not thinking of anything meaningful. I'm not making a difference in this world. And so I've got nothing to do. And the default mode is you pick up the phone. And what happens is our minds are not shutting down. Our mind is always on the go. We're constantly distracted. We don't for some of you, work long stretches, but man, you're not very productive in that long stretch because while you're working, this thing keeps going off and you keep responding to it. You know, you, can't, you, you get interrupted constantly. And we're overwhelmed. We're short with our kids and we don't know why. We're overwhelmed and we don't know why. We're spiritually, we feel exhausted and we don't know why. And almost everybody in our culture today would acknowledge most of us would say that our bodies need to rest. But I'm going to argue today that your soul needs to rest too. Our soul needs to be disconnected from the bing, 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 ring, ring. It needs to be disconnected from all of that long enough so that we can find peace, solitude, in the presence of God who created us to know him, to love him, and to be loved by him. To walk with him, to walk daily with him, to have an intimate, ongoing, thriving relationship. 
to represent his love in the world rather than being wrapped up all the time with our phones, with social media. Now hear me, hear me. I, I love, I love technology. Okay, it's obvious. We, we, we love technology. We'll use it as a servant to do a lot of good. But my goal is I strive not to be mastered by it. I strive to be mastered by anything. Christ in me is bigger than any addiction in me. Christ in you is bigger than any addiction in you, and we will not be mastered. And so, if you find yourself constantly connected and you're constantly having this low-grade frustration, like, man, there's got to be something more to this, there's got to be something more, I'm going to argue that God has something more for you. And he has a special rest, a special rest for you in Christ. And it's available to your soul, and it's available now. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 9. The Bible says, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So, by the power of Christ, let us do our best to enter that rest. Now, why is it that we don't find this rest? Why are we longing for it? I like what St. Augustine said about God. He said, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. And some of you, this, this captures exactly where you are right now. Your soul has been restless for so long. I mean, you've been looking for something that brings satisfaction, something that brings meaning, something that will help your relationship work, something that will fill this void that's inside you, something that makes you feel like you have significance and purpose in life. And I'm here to say that you have the Christ-shaped void and only Christ, only Christ can fill that void. Nothing besides Christ will fill it. Our soul is restless until it finds rest in him. I love the words of Jesus. Jesus just, he just broadcasts an invitation in Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28 and 29. It said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He said in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. There is a Special rest for us through Christ. So what we do? Well, here we are. We're at the end of our five-week sermon series. And honestly, this is 
for me, this is where the rubber meets the road. Everything we talk about, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where application happens, and you do what God is leading you to do, or you don't. You can take, you can take this message, and you can say, okay, that was good stuff, and walk away and do nothing with it, or you can say, Scott, I don't want to be mastered by anything. And I want to seek God's rest in him. So I'm going to give you two thoughts here that I believe are very practical and can be very life-changing for all of us. Number one, be still and know God. Be still and know God. I'm going to encourage you to learn the discipline. This, this is the discipline that you must take on to be still. To be still in the presence of God. David wrote in Psalm 46, verse 10, he said, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and focus on God. Now, I don't know um, if any of you have ever been around a young kid that just can't be still. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have a kid that just can't be still. Now, some of you might be married to a big kid like that, okay? She can't be still, all right? That's always moving. They can't be still. And sometimes you just want to say, sit down. In the name of Jesus, stop. <laughs> you know, be still. Be still. Sit down. And sometimes you have to do that to your soul. You have to say, stop. Sit down. Cool it. Don't be so wound up. You've got to say that to your mind and your soul and say, stop. Be still. Be still. Be at rest. In fact, this is what David did in Psalm 131. He says, I have calmed and quieted myself. Oh, hold on here just a minute. He, he, he did this. He did it. It didn't happen by accident. He didn't just wake up one day and, and, and get five text messages, three Facebook notifications, and say, oh, I'm so still. No, no, no. He, he stilled it. And quieted his soul. He thought his, he thought his way into a state of solitude. And he said, I've come and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child. I am content. It reminds me of when we were in the process of removing our kids' pacifier at a young age. We had to wean them off. And uh, that was a struggle, right? And so, I mean, they want it really bad, you know, but they can't keep it, you know, forever. So at some point, we got to get rid of it. And so Karen and I was like, well, what will we do? How will we do this? And, uh, and we read somewhere. I don't know if, it was, if she read it or I read it, but we took the little scissors and just started clipping that little bit at a time of that pacifier. And I put it in their mouth, and at first, you know, they had enough to to get a hold of it, but they, they said, this is weird. And I said, okay, yeah, you know, and after a, the next day, we cut a little bit more, you know. Before you know it, they, they couldn't, they had no grip. They couldn't suck on it, and they kind of lost interest. <laughs> so that reminds me of this verse, I have calm and quieted myself. 
I'm like a winged child with his mother. I've, I've lost the things that I've been trying to hold on to. It's not necessary. I have become content. I'm content. I was doing a small group a few years ago, and the assignment for the week was to take 15 minutes and do nothing. That was the assignment for everybody, to find 15 minutes and do nothing. I thought, man, that's easy. 15 minutes. 15 minutes of nothingness. And let me say that that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. 15 minutes. You know, number one, when, when you're going to start in that 15 minutes, your phone's going off. It starts to beep. You know, you begin to think, what's going on? What's happening? You know, am I missing someone's notification of, of your cat? You know, or, or am I missing a picture of a coffee with a swirly top or something? What am I missing? 15 minutes, completely still, one of the most difficult things that I've done. Because you and I, our mind, races. But I get going for one, two minutes, and I start thinking about God, and, and then I start to dread. My mind starts to drift. And I start thinking about the things I got to get done. I got to start thinking about what has to happen. My mind races. And we have to ask God for help in this and say, God, please help me to be still. I want to be still before you. Be still and know God. Be still, still your soul. Have the discipline not to be mastered all the time. And to go to the, by default, just look at, the, at what's going on in somebody else's life. But have the discipline by the power of Christ to contemplate the goodness of God, to simply be still and to know that He is God. Just let it breathe. The gift of solitude, peace. Say, God, you can run the universe for 15 minutes without me. God, help me. Be 15 minutes just to focus on you. Help me to focus and be still in your presence. 15 minutes. So I'm going to challenge you this week. Who's with me every day? Every day. Who's with me? 15 minutes a day. Who's with me? All right. I see hands all over the place. Who's with me? Say, for 15 minutes, I'm going to be undistracted. Now turn it off. And I'm going to start practicing a discipline to be still in the presence of God. Number two, make a plan. Make a plan. I'm going to ask you, now I've just asked you to take that 15 minute, be still. For some of you though, man, that, you say, man, God, I'm, I'm so, I, I struggle so much. I don't even know if that can do five minutes. And so I'm going to encourage you to, take, to make a plan. To make a plan. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 16. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And even brag about their foolishness. And for a lot of people, I'm just going to you know, call you what you are. I'm going to put you in the category of foolish people. Foolish people. He said, man, that's no big deal. It's no big deal. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you right now that this right here, 
can be heard in your relationships. That this right here could be heard in your marriage. That this right here could be heard in your intimacy with God. That this could be distracting you from your children. That this right here can, uh, that can ruin your life over time and disconnect with people. This right here, this right here can cause you to be a fool. And it's foolish to be disconnected with the people around you. So wise people, they think about it. They make a strategic plan. And for me, you know, and I call it what it is, but Karen has done this, and, and, and this is some, an area that I've gotten better, but I used to have this at the dinner table, right next to my plate. I got my family eating it. I see the phone goes off. I see a notification pop up. It vibrates, okay? The, the deaf guy doesn't hear the ding, 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 all right? But it shakes, all right? It shakes and let me know. It shakes the table. You know? And by the way, that's how I roll. I, I had a, you know, in college, my alarm clock had a vibrator, all right? And it vibrates hard, all right? You put it under your pillow, but it vibrates the entire bunk bed. The guy below me, nobody wanted to be my bunk mate, okay? I mean, but we, we, it, it was tough. And so, you know, I go by the vibration, all right? And this thing vibrates, and I automatically am just drawn to pick up the phone. What's going on? What am I missing? It? Oh, it's an email. I can't say, Scott, is that email so important that you've got to interrupt your family time? I said, well, no, it's important. If someone, you know, I said, can't they wait 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour? Yes, it can. It can wait. And so one of the plans that I had to make for dinner time, this doesn't go to the table. I disinvited everybody else in my life at the dinner table and I have dinner with my family. This goes in another room. If it vibrates, I can't hear it. I don't know. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. I make a plan. That's for me. One of the things I had to do. That's one of the things I had to do. And I'm encouraging you here to make a plan. Here's some ideas. You know, no phone during the meals. No phone during life groups. You know, unless you're getting your Bible app. But, you know, for some of you, that might be a distraction. So I use it for my Bible app. But then you get the other notification pops up, and you can't just help yourself. And so, you know, just go the old-fashioned way. Put the phone away. And bring a, a hard copy of the Bible, if that's what you got to do. You know, what, if, it, if it controls you, if it masters you, then figure out a plan. But got to make a plan. You might have to put a time limit on your day. You know, maybe, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you know, it's shut off. Or maybe during a certain time of the, in the evening, it's shut off. But you shut it off. And, and now, you know, there's a... I know if you have an iPhone, I don't know if it does it with other types of phones, but, you know, iPhone uh, has a place where you can actually evaluate just screen time. You can, actually, you can actually see how much time you're spending on Facebook and Instagram and, and all this other stuff. And, and, and for some of you, you, you may not even think you have a problem. You might want to just check. 
He might say, man, I spend two and a half hours a day on social media. Wow. Or I might, you might say, man, I spend two and a half hours, three hours a day on game apps. Wow, man. I had no idea. Some of you have no idea. And so the cool thing about that screen time, you can actually set limits. You say, you know what, I want a reminder that at one hour every day, I'm maxed out with 30 minutes or whatever. You figure that out, whatever that is, but make a plan. And get some accountability. For some of you, your plan might be just to turn off the, the notification. Just don't let it notify you that you someone likes your status or someone tags you. Just turn off the notification. You don't have to have it on. But some of you might need a vacation from social media. Some of you might need to just take off the app. Let's just say, you know what, I'm not going to have the app on during the week. I'll put it back on during the weekend. I don't want to be mastered by it. Some of you might need to take a month-long break because you're totally mastered by it. Here's another plan idea. Instead of waking up and the first thing you do is log on to your social media and look at everybody else's life, why not change that up? Why not wake up and the first thing you do is open up an app and read the Bible? Or pick up God's Word. For some of you, it's a consistent prayer time where you learn to be bathed in the presence of God, to have focused prayer time, but you don't have time for prayer because you're too much involved with this. For some of you, you might be cultivating a worshipful spirit where you don't just worship on the weekend, but you have a worshipful heart during the week. You're cultivating a spirit of worship by listening to God's music and use it for good. Let this be a servant, but don't be mastered by it. For some of you, you need to go outside and just look at the awesome power and the presence of God in the creation. You know, in the sunset or the sunrise, just be, look out and just be still and know God and resist the temptation to take a picture of it and to put it on Facebook. Do it later, maybe. But don't do it so that you can get likes from others. But God just wants you to love his creation. God wants you to love him. Don't, don't stroke your own ego by pulling it out. Just, man, this is, you're on God time. Whatever it is, make a plan. Now get serious about it. And this is where you and I decide are you going to continue the status quo as is? And some of you are listening and you say, no, I'm so mastered by this. And listen, listen I, I don't want anyone leaving here judging. Oh, man, you spend so much time. Everybody's different. For some of you, you know, social media is your way of work and, and networking and, and the power in that, okay? And so it becomes a servant to you. But for, some of, for a lot of us, we're mastered by this. And so there, there's no judging. You've got to know who you are and say, God, I, I need to make some changes for me. And I'm not going to judge others. I'm not going to compare myself with others. I'm going to look at where I'm at. It's a distraction of this world. Now, there may be some of you here that says, God, I don't have any of this. 
this message might relate to you a little bit differently, but man, there's a lot of distraction in this world. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I pray that you will be still and know God. We have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. Jeremiah chapter 6. Bible said in verse 16, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. And some of you right now, you're at the crossroads. You're trying to decide, do I go this way or that way? Do I take the message that I've heard, the simplicity of the message of God's word, or do I put it into play? Or do I just keep the status quo and just continue to do life as normal? Be tethered to this, be mastered by this? He said, we're at a crossroad. Look around. And then the Bible says, ask for the old godly ways. What if there are some old ancient disciplines that are higher and better than the new technologies of today? I'm talking about prayer, fasting, solitude, seeking the presence of God. Ask God, where is the good way? Where is the godly way? And then you're going to see it, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to walk in it. You ask for the old godly way. You're going to walk in it. You're going to travel its path. And notice what you'll discover. You will find rest for your souls. Be still. And know that there is one who loves you. And it's more deserving of your worship than anything on earth. Put him first. Seek him first with all of your heart. And then he will add everything that matters to you. But first, be still. And know that you're God.